This is PhotoBizX, episode number 358, and today we're talking with Canadian-based photographer Sean LeBlanc, who grew his wedding photography business super fast, and just look at his work, you will be blown away. Interestingly, he's now focusing on portrait photography, family portrait photography, and one of the main ways he's booking these incredible clients is via Expos. We dive deep into all this plus more, and it's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I know you're going to love what Sean has to share. He has an incredible story, and I think you'll be blown away by the success he's having in such short time. But I would encourage you to make sure you check out his website to get an idea of the kind of work this guy is producing. Before we get into all that, I've been thinking quite a lot about the interview last week with Zach Arias, and I've had a follow-up conversation with another photographer. I'm going to leave his name out of this, but he just could not believe, he seriously thought Zach was making this up, that he would go out and shoot $100 porch portraits after making so much money as a successful commercial and editorial photographer for big brands. That just did not make sense to this listener. We had a few back and forth. It turns out that Zach was being 100% truthful in regards to these porch portraits for $100. He's actually got a YouTube video up now talking about these exact sessions. The fact that he booked 15 families in, five of them cancelled. He ended up photographing 10 of these families for $100 a piece through these 15-minute sessions. He goes into complete detail. So there's no denying that Zach was being 100% truthful. And I want to be clear, the majority of comments and feedback were just how refreshing it was to hear from someone like Zach being so truthful and honest about the state of photography, the industry, dealing with COVID-19 and all the aspects of having no income and mounting expenses. It's, it's just frightening. Anyway, back to this other photographer. We were having this back and forth. I think what we both agree on, well, I know we, what we both agree on is there's a really good chance even though Zach didn't say this specifically, that having high overheads, a lot of expenses with little savings and the possibility of no work coming in is extremely dangerous. And personally, that's where I see a lot of photographers living their lives and probably not only photographers. I mean, we all like to have a nice house, nice cars, new cameras, modern computers, a lovely looking home with nice furnishings, holidays, kids with nice things. I mean, they're all things that we've been brought up to to want and then to pursue and go after. And of course, we all know we have to work hard to have those things as well. But the scary thing is if work dries up, where does that leave us? Where does it leave you? And I believe one of the, the biggest things that come out of this coronavirus pandemic is we need to take a really close look at the way we're living, what we value, what kind of debt we're prepared to go into, what can happen if we can't service those debts. 
for whatever reason, you know, it doesn't have to be a pandemic. It could be uh, personal injury or illness, something change, changes in the economic climate. I mean, war. I, <laughs> I mean, I know, I know there could be anything and everything that could happen to affect our chance to 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 make an income, to generate clients, and make great sales. But on the other hand, we still want to have all those nice things. So, to me, we need to think about what we value more or where you place your value and how much risk or debt you're happy to carry. You know, do do you really need to have the fifty or hundred thousand dollar car, the latest camera? Do you need to have the latest fridge that you've taken on an interest free loan from the department store? Can you pay off your major debts like your mortgage before you start pursuing all those luxuries in life, or some of them anyway, is that a possibility? Because one thing is certain, if you have no debt and work does dry up for whatever reason, you're going to be in a lot more of a comfortable position, a lot less stressful, a lot less reliant on government handouts, a lot less anxious, and generally in a better place. And when I started thinking about this this whole thing, the first interview that came to mind was one I recorded a few years ago with Vincent Puglisi. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, it's episode 255. The title that I ran with that episode was How to Move to a Life of Zero Debt with Your Photography Business. And he's the author of the book, Freelance to Freedom. It's definitely worth getting back and having a listen to Vincent, to what he shares and how different his life is as a result of living without debt. Because to me, that's the one thing that is causing most photographers that are struggling right now the most anxiety. It's that debt. And it really is a frightening place to be. With all that being said, I hope you are in a good place. I hope things have started to settle down and you can see a way forward through this. It sounds like, it sounds like things are going to be slowly moving back to some kind of normal in the next four to six weeks. I don't know how that's going to affect you depending on where you live and your government restrictions and rules, but it sounds like here in Australia, they're going to start to slacken off the restrictions in the next four weeks, whether that means we can go back and shoot weddings immediately or family portrait sessions, but it's looking like that's the way it'll be. And that'll be great when that does happen. And just quickly, on that topic of photographers not working, I know we covered a little bit of this in Zach's interview last week, but what I found interesting is, particularly here in Australia or in New South Wales, we're being told that we can't work unless we have an essential business. And for some reason, photographers have jumped in to immediately fly the flag for us not being an essential business. And I I get that. We aren't an essential business. (laughs) No one needs photography to survive, unless you're a photographer, that is. But the general community doesn't need photography to survive. But I look around and I see shops open. I see electricians going to work, plumbers going to work. I see builders going to work. I see my son going to work as a locksmith. I mean, are all those things essential services? In some cases, yes, they are. Like, yeah, you may need a plumber. A plumber is essential if the toilet's blocked or the the drain's not draining. But they're going about their work as they do every other day when there is no pandemic. You know, they're replacing taps and tap washers. They're doing little jobs. They're doing big construction jobs. Is that essential? I don't think so. 
Now, I'm not suggesting that you should be out there working as a photographer, doing your family portraits or or photographing elopements or doing whatever you do for your photography business. But I can understand that if you have to put food on the table, you'll do what you have to do to bring some kind of income in if you can do it within the rules the governments are setting. But for some reason, photographers seem to have this great divide in our industry where you're the lowest of low if you consider going out to work, if you're shooting porch portraits, even though you're maintaining your your distance or you're doing what you can to put some food on the table. And interestingly, I haven't seen a lot of pushback on Zach, Zach Arias and what he's doing and what he discussed in last week's episode. I'm seeing very little pushback. Now, is that because he has a higher profile because he's more well-known in the industry? Is that why people aren't screaming out that, hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing that, Zach. This is the worst thing. You're a photographer. What you're doing is not essential. Or is there something else at play here that I, I don't understand? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Feel free to leave a comment in the comments area of today's episode of the podcast show notes. And you can find them at photobizx.com forward slash 35A. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'm more than happy to continue the conversation inside the members Facebook group. And finally, if you haven't heard the episode last week with Zach Arias, get back and have a listen to that one. The general consensus is it was a breath of fresh air and it was so good to hear from someone like Zach with his experience, with his notoriety in the photography industry being so truthful about what he's going through right now. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Alrighty, we're going to jump into this interview with Sean LeBlanc in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. And what that means is I'm saving a portion of the second half of the interview for premium members only. So you're going to miss out on that part of the interview. In today's episode, the part we're going deep on is getting those incredible bookings from the expos that Sean's doing. That's how he's building the photography, sorry, the portrait photography side of his business. So if you want to go deep on that, if you want to hear exactly how Sean is going about that and how he's been able to generate such great sales with amazing families through these expos, become a premium member so you can access the full interview today. You can do that for as little as $1 over at photobizx.com forward slash try. You can sign up for a 30-day trial membership, get full access to the interview today with Sean, plus everything else that goes along with your membership, which you'll see on that landing page at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. I was introduced to today's guest by photography business coach Steve Saparito, who said, when it comes to inspiration and talent, you need to interview Sean LeBlanc from Calgary, Alberta in Canada. I went off to check Sean's website and my initial thoughts were classy, fantastic images, beautifully lit work, definitely not cheap. This is someone who knows how to shoot, is keen to sell wall art and understands photography and lighting. My initial guess, combined with Steve's referral, had me thinking this guy is probably good at business too. I read a little bit about Sean and learned that he studied and worked as an engineer before transitioning into photography. He started by photographing a friend's destination wedding and his portfolio stemmed from there. In 2018, he left the engineering job behind and he was officially a full-time photographer. 
Now, you need to have a good think about that when you visit his website because he's only been full-time for two years. What an incredible portfolio in such a short time. Since then, he's photographed weddings all over the world, including Japan, Europe, Central America, the Caribbean, the United States, and obviously Canada. I'm wrapped to have Sean with us now. Sean, welcome, mate. Hey, glad to be here, Andrew. Thank you so much. Mate, does it feel like it's been a whirlwind or has this sort of slowly been building? Does it all feel very normal to you, the way the business has grown? Yeah, it's pretty normal now. I'd say, you know, when I first left the corporate world, it was a complete whirlwind, but uh, I've kind of found my footing now. So it's it's all exciting. <laughs> I mean, do you look at your growth and do you feel like it's normal? Because looking at your portfolio, and I don't know a lot about your business yet, but it looks like, you know, you've rocketed through to where you are now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been quite fortunate, you know, with my career. I've met a lot of great photographers, great people in business, and I've been really fortunate with all those that I've met that have really helped me get to where I am today. Nice. Can you give us a bit of a snapshot about your business? Like how many weddings and portraits are you shooting? Yeah, I mean, when I first started photography, or when I first got into weddings, uh, I was doing about 10 a year and then jumped up to about 30. And that was kind of the, the most that I would take on while I was working in the corporate world as an engineer. And this year, as well as last year, I've kind of capped it at 10. And so I'm primarily doing portrait work now, which has been going really well. That's interesting. All right. I'm going to ask you about why you do that in just a second. But what about revenue, turnover? Have you got an idea of what your revenue is at the moment? Sure. Yeah. It's in the multi six figure area. Okay. Multi six figure. So I'm going to take from that over 200,000. That's right. <laughs> a little bit higher than that, but yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm going to take it from that, that uh, you have a fantastic business. Is it just you in the business? It's just me, yeah. So I'm, uh, well, although sometimes my wife will help me out, but it's pretty much, it's been me from the start. But again, my wife has had a huge impact in terms of my growth and really pushing me to do this, uh, certainly when I was going full-time with it. For sure. Just so that I understand this, I'm guessing it's only you that's shooting. Are you also the one doing the marketing, the advertising, the sales, or is your wife sort of taking some of that load as well? No, I'm I'm doing pretty much everything. So my <laughs> wife will help me out when, you know, I need an assistant at a wedding or help with an expo or we'll help with phone calls sometimes, but I'm pretty much the jack of all trades. To be honest, I don't work with a lot of clients, but the ones that I do work with spend really well and it's just a privilege to work with them. Wow. It sounds like you set up a fantastic business. What are your clients on average spending with you, say for a wedding and for a portrait? Yeah, so for weddings, they usually spend around the $10,000 mark. I just had one that was 24000 which was really exciting. And then so for portrait work, on average, I'm around 3500 So again, it's been quite a growth to get to that point, but it's been a lot of fun along the way. Nice. It sounds like the wedding side of the business is exciting. It was making great money. It sounds like you loved it. I mean, the images are amazing too, and the locations you were getting to go to. Why transition into portraits? Well, you know, weddings can be a lot of work. They can take up a lot of time. And, you know, not everyone was spending $10,000 with our studio. So that's why we've become a bit more selective in terms of who we work with. And so the ones that we do work with, as I was saying, spend really well, are, are an absolute joy to work with, are great clients. And so it's been a lot of fun that way. So do you see yourself continuing to shoot that 10 weddings a year? I do, yeah. 
To be honest with you, Andrew, I do really enjoy shooting weddings, but again, they have to be the right weddings. Okay. How do you find the right couple? What is the right wedding? Well, a lot of it is through referrals. There's also been, you know, like I used to compete quite a bit in competitions. And so they were finding me that way. But a lot of it is through word of mouth now, I'd say, with couples that I've worked with that have referred my studio to some of their friends that are getting married. Right. And you said competitions, you mean photographic competitions? Photographic competitions. Yeah. So I used to compete in a Canada-wide wedding competition. There's also Fearless Photographers, which is more international. Uh, ISPW, what is it now? ISPWP, I think it is, which is international as well. So through those, a lot of destination couples were finding me. Okay. So of those... Was there one that stood out that you thought, yeah, like this one, this particular platform is is generating more bookings or better clients? Probably, I would say the Canada-wide one, which is called PWPC, so Professional Wedding Photographers of Canada. So that one seemed to introduce me to more local clients that were getting married either in the mountains or here in Calgary, and uh, also brought lots of great clients my way as well. Fantastic. I love it. When do these clients, when do they first find out about your pricing and what they might be spending with you? You know, since I met Steve, he's kind of transformed how I approach that, Steve Saparito. So, you know, when a client inquires, my first order of business is to get them on the phone. So that way, you know, it's a bit more personalized. I can find out what's important to them and then quote them over the phone. And if I'm somewhere in the ballpark, and they are happy with what I've quoted them, that will bring them into my studio. And that's where they can touch and feel some albums, some artwork, and really get a sense of the overall experience. Okay. Is this for any couple? I guess this wouldn't happen for a destination-style wedding that's coming up. Would that happen via Skype or Zoom, or you have a different process? Yeah. So for destination couples, that would be done over Zoom or Skype, where I'm physically showing them the albums and the wall art that I'm quoting them in as part of their collection. Right. And when you were building up, like, you know, you said that first year was 10 weddings and then it jumped to 30. What did you put that growth down to? It's a great question. I think it was, I just had a very strong ambition to grow. You know, I was really passionate about photography, specifically wedding photography. And I wanted to reach out as far as I could and speak to as many people as I could. And I also had quite aggressive pricing. So my pricing was quite low and quite attractive for clients. So, you know, from there, it grew to 30 weddings a year. Right. So I know you say you were aggressive and, you know, you wanted to get out there, but what were you doing to get out there? What was aggressive about your approach apart from pricing? Social media. So I was really diligent with posting, tagging, making sure that my clients were sharing the work that I was giving them as well as tagging their friends. And that way it kind of snowballed into others seeing what we were creating and inquiring about their upcoming weddings as well. Nice. Is that Facebook and Instagram or predominantly Facebook? That was predominantly Facebook at the time. But since I've now grown into Instagram and starting to use that more regularly as well, I've found that some good qualified leads have come from that platform. But Facebook is... To be honest, I'm not as active on Facebook as I used to be. I found that a lot of people have gone mobile and seem to consume a lot of their content on their devices. And so I've been focusing more on Instagram now. Right. And are you seeing results from Instagram now? Not as much as I thought. 
to be honest with you. You know, it is quite a bit of work to to create a really nice looking profile, one that will attract the type of client that you want to work with. It does take a lot of work to do that. But to be honest, I haven't seen as much engagement as I thought I would from it. So I've been focused more on what I call relationship marketing, where I will advertise at uh, local expos, uh, both here where I live in Calgary and a little bit out of town as well. Nice, nice. I'm going to come back to that relationship marketing and the expos in just a second. Yeah, you bet. But when you made that jump from 10 to 30, I mean, that's a massive jump. And I'm curious, you haven't mentioned your actual photographic work, your photography. How much do you feel that played a part in attracting all the bookings that you were getting and are still getting? Yeah, I think it plays a huge part, to be honest with you. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And so the work that I was putting out you know, before I would hit share, you know, I had to make sure everything was perfect. And it would take a lot of time, to be honest with you. But I think that started to pay off in terms of, uh, you know, people would see that passion that I have for photography come through in those photos and would want to reach out to inquire about their wedding. Mm. Yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, I said in the intro, your photography, your lighting, your posing, I mean, everything is spot on. Like you don't normally see this kind of quality work from someone that's only been shooting for such a short time. And I don't really know how long you've been shooting before you went full time, but your portfolio is fantastic. Were you curating as hard as you are now when you first started? That's a great question. Yeah. I think, I think it's just part of being, you know, an artist. I mean, you always want to be showing your best work And, you know, as I was saying, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And so I'm constantly looking at what work is out there and making sure the absolute best is on my website. You know, I've found that my website does get a lot of traffic and, you know, I've been monitoring those metrics and and can see that a lot of people are visiting it. So I do want to make sure that my best work is always on there. So do you ever go back or have you ever gone back and deleted images out of your Instagram feed or Facebook even? Maybe I'm guessing your website definitely, but the other social media platforms? All the time, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, so don't, don't tell Steve because he would probably you know, wrap my hands for doing that. But you know, I, I love the art of photography. And so I actually enjoy going through and doing all of that. So that is part of my workflow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's such a difficult question to answer, and I guess it's almost impossible for you to really know. But what are your thoughts? Like, do you think you would be as successful if you were just as aggressive, but your images didn't look the way they did? Boy, that's a great question. You know, I would say it comes down to passion. You know, a lot of what I've done in terms of growing my business has come down to having a sincere passion for photography and for people. And so that comes through in creating everything I create for my business. And so whether that's, you know, offering an amazing experience for clients, making sure my website is up to date, you know, putting out top quality marketing materials, you know, I want to make sure I'm giving it 110% all the time and really showing that passion. And I think it's that passion is what attracts these top quality clients, to be honest with you. They see that. I really love what I do and they want to be a part of it. But how do you think they see your passion? Well, I think, you know, certainly when I'm speaking with them at my studio, when they walk into my studio, they can see that, you know, I'm looking at every single detail down to, you know, the texture on the envelopes that I'm sending them. I'm making sure that, 
you know, it's a, a beautifully printed letter that they're receiving. You know, all of the albums are top quality from the best manufacturers in the world. Same with the wall art. And they're seeing that when they walk into my studio. Right. Okay. Yeah, I get that sense too, but I'm just curious. Yeah, I was curious how you feel your clients are seeing that. So it's not just coming through from your images. You think there's multi-facets for them to see that passion, to feel it. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, I think, I mean, the photography has to be amazing. That's pretty much standard. I mean, the work that I see on social media, you know, on Instagram from so many photographers, even here in Calgary, I mean, it's mind-blowing how great photography is nowadays. And so to really stand out, I mean, you have to provide not only great photography, but an amazing experience. So one that leaves your clients wanting more and one that leaves them wanting to refer their best clients to you as well. You know, their best friends. For sure. I love it. What made you first consider moving into portraiture as well? To be honest, I didn't know much about portraiture. When I first met Steve two years ago, I wasn't really shooting portraits, but I knew that, you know, you could do quite well in the portrait world in terms of average sales, specifically when you get into in-person sales. And so, you know, as I was saying, I wasn't doing portraits at the time when I met Steve and he kind of opened my eyes to what's possible in the portrait world. And I mean, sky's the limit when it comes to the portraits. And I think that was something that I was really drawn to because it's so, you know, it's very personable, you know, and, and you're creating something very tangible for them to display in their home. And I think as an artist, there's that fulfillment of seeing your work printed beautifully and then hanging in their home. And so all those factors, I was very drawn to it. And so that's why I've been pursuing it here. I love it. And your work is gorgeous. I want to come back also to your page where you have the images on your website with the wall art displayed in, in homes, which is fantastic. But I'd love to hear about, and immediately after you spoke to Steve, you were sold on the idea of shooting portraits. Yep. I could feel that you were passionate about it. What was the next step? Like, how did you move into portraits? Moving into portraits? Well, I guess the first step was to take a workshop from Steve and kind of delve into the details a little bit more. So having an engineering background, you know, I, I like to know how things work and how processes work and everything like that. And so I signed up for one of Steve's workshops and that's where I learned some of the skills I needed to, to offer a proper portrait experience. And before I actually went to the workshop, I had booked three sessions with past clients, with clients I actually photographed some of their weddings. And so that way, when I got back from the workshop, I was able to put into practice everything I had learned. And I saw incredible results. So that first week I got back, you know, I averaged about $2,000 per session and I couldn't believe it because up until that point, I had done a few family sessions for, you know, three or 400 bucks and also where I'm giving away all of the high resolution files as well. So you know, to come back from a workshop, see those results and have clients not even ask for digital files was completely mind blowing. And it was from that point on where I was hooked. Wow. All right, let's just step through this a little bit more slowly. So you booked in for Steve's workshop. How did you book those three family sessions? Well, again, I knew I was going on the workshop and I had just reached out to them. You know, I said, I haven't seen you guys in a while. You know, would love to get together, take some photos of your family. 
and really stumbled my way through the whole quoting process. Did a horrible job of it, but <laughs> you know, I think again when I came back, I actually knew how to properly communicate with them better on how the whole experience would work and how you know they're really going to want some beautiful wall art for their home. And so again, that way when I came back, it all kind of came to fruition. Right. So when you contacted those three families and I guess introduced the idea of a family session, you must have had some kind of pricing ready to go. Was that just in your head? Did you have it on your website? No. So I did have pricing. So what I had quoted them was for a very basic canvas piece, you know, without talking about dimensions or specifics or anything. But I think most people know what a canvas looks like and just taking them through what they would love to celebrate during their portrait experience. Where would they love to display something like that in their home? Finding out all of those details and then providing them a quote for that canvas piece and then talking about the whole in-person sales experience afterwards. I like it. So at that time there, were you quoting as much as $2,000 to these three families? No. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know what I quoted, but it was kind of the six $700 mark. But, you know, part of the whole experience and going back to that passion piece is completely blowing them away with what you create for them and getting them to the point where they can't say no, they're going to want it. And getting to that that place and really showcasing what you can create for their family. It's, it's all very exciting. And they see that excitement come through. And, and when you quote them a price, they say, yes, I want that. That's so good. Let's step through that a little bit more slowly, what you're doing today for these family portrait sessions. Normally, how do these clients come about? Is it through a website inquiry? Is it through a promotion? Is it through an ad on Facebook? Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag. You know, I'd say the best referral source, or I guess the best inquiry source that I have is through what I was talking about before, relationship marketing. And so that's something I'll do at expos, even just as simple as going to my son's hockey game where I'm meeting new people. There's families there all the time and I'll just walk up and introduce myself and talk about our kids playing hockey and build a relationship that way. And more often than not, what you do for a living always comes up. And that gives me an opportunity to talk about how I left the corporate world to pursue my passion career. And again, they'll see that excitement come into my eyes and, you know, they'll start asking questions. And eventually you get to that point where, you know, you can say, hey, I'd love to give you a call and we can talk about offering your family a photographic experience. And then they'll say, yeah, that sounds great. And so you go and make it happen. But again, you have to build that relationship. You have to develop it. And so a lot of that comes through, like I was saying, expos, as well as just going to sporting tournaments for my son and just going out really where there's people and talking to people. Right. Does that feel salesy to you when you say something like that? So even if it's a parent of a child who's playing hockey with one of your kids, I'd love to give you a call and talk about doing some photos for your family. Does that feel salesy to you? I think if you bring it up too fast, it does. You know, you, you kind of have to judge a situation. Again, I'm seeing, you know, over the course of over a few months, probably 10 or 11 times. And so every time I'm seeing them, you know, learning more about their family and, and getting to a point where I've built enough rapport and enough trust with them where I can bring that up. But I think if I bring that up too early, 
you know, in the relationship, then it does come across as salesy. Sure. And what kind of expos are you talking about, Sean? What kind of expo is it? Yeah, so I've done a few different ones. Here in Calgary, the Home Show is a big expo. So I've been there a couple times. I live in a community called Springbank, which is kind of an acreage community on the west side of Calgary. And we have a fall fair. So, you know, it's outdoors. There's lots of people from the community coming out to support it. And it gives you that opportunity to showcase your wall art and what you can create and start a conversation with a lot of them. Right. So you have a stand there with walls and a side and some of your work hanging. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Is it more complicated than that or it really is as simple as that? It's really as simple as that. You know, with a home show, that's a bit more involved where, you know, it's a 10 by 20 booth and I'll have my top of the line wall art on display. So I work with Graphy. So everything's made in Italy. It's absolutely beautiful and is a great conversation piece to start with to learn more about their family. Because when they see this artwork, they're drawn to it. And when your artwork has a story behind it, it's even better because that way you can talk about the story. They can relate to it a bit more Then you can start learning about their family. Are you talking about the story of the subjects in the photos or the story of the products than the fact they're made in Italy? I'd say both. You know, the fact that they're made in Italy is kind of the cherry on top. You know, the story in behind the photographs that are represented in the artwork is really what, you know, because I'd say someone walking by my booth at an expo, you know, will see all this colorful, bold, dramatic photography, and they'll stop and they'll look at it. And after they're done looking at it, that gives you an opportunity to go up and talk to them. And from there, you can kind of bring them into the different stories that are embedded in all of the artwork. And then, you know, as I was saying, to end off with, you can talk about you know, how it's made in Italy and how you could create something like this for their home. I like it. What is your number one aim at these shows? I mean, I know it's relationship marketing or building those relationships, but are you looking to capture a lead, a phone number, an email address, a booking, a pay for a shoot, a session? Yeah, I'm definitely there to book clients. I do run a bit of a competition box as well, where you can get names and emails and stuff like that. But that's always secondary. My primary reason for being there is to book clients, you know, to really showcase what it's like to work with our studio, what it's like to have beautiful wall art displayed in their home, you know, something that'll instantly transport to that amazing moment they have with their son or their daughter or with their family. You know, I mean, it's pretty amazing. So again, the primary reason to be there is to book clients. How do you take people from that that conversation about the subject in the photo and the artwork, the fact that it's made in Italy. How do you take the conversation from there to a booking? Yeah, so the first part is to, you know, I never talk about awards or even about my photography for that matter. I make it all about them. I discover who they would love to bring along with them. You know, who's part of their family? What makes their family special? So sorry, Sean, when you're asking these questions, are you assuming that they're booking even before they've said they're booking? Of course. No, yeah. I love it. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, to be at these expos is an incredible investment of not only money, but time. It is so much work. And so when I'm there, 
I'm bringing my A game. I'm <laughs> making sure that we're getting bookings because if we're not, I've just wasted again a bunch of money and a bunch of time to do that. So everyone I talk to, I view as a potential client for sure. Unreal. Carrie Ann's your wife, isn't she? Carrie Ann, yeah. Yeah. So is Carrie Ann, is she there with you or are you going this alone? No. So going back to when she does help out, that would be an instance where she would come along and she's great at it. She is fantastic at speaking with people. So she does an incredible job. These expos can get quite busy where there's just hordes of people all over the place and it's impossible to talk to everyone. So definitely having someone else there to help out is huge. Excellent. Okay, I cut you off there because you were talking to someone, I guess mum or dad, and assuming they're booking and asking who they'd like to have at their photo session. So take it from there. What happens next? Yeah, so it's a matter of, again, discovering who they'd love to bring along with them, you know, finding out more about their family, what's special about their family, you know, and really getting to a place where they could visualize artwork in their home. And once they've kind of visualized a piece of wall art in their home, I'm providing them a quote. So I'm taking them to, you know, after going through all that, I'll say, this is what I would recommend for your home. And for this piece, you're looking at only 2200 or 1700 and then booking them in from there. Well, wow, okay. And the next part of the booking process, is that then a pre-shoot consultation or is that just happened at the expo? Yeah. So what I would do from there is if they'd like to book, it would just be a session fee. I've really low session fees are usually between 50 and a hundred dollars so that they're not deciding on what they'd love to have at that point. They're really just booking in for a photographic experience. And from there, that's when, you know, it would set up a time for their session. And before, you know, I would even pick up a camera, I would be calling to speak to the husband, the wife, and if they're bringing along grandparents, them as well before I'm even picking up a camera. So there's quite a bit of work to do before you actually get everyone together. Sure. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. You mentioned teaching. Do you actually teach this stuff too to other photographers now? Yeah, well, I primarily teach photography. I do run workshops twice a year. I do those in my studio. I've done a few destination workshops, so down in the U.S., but would love to get into that a little bit more. I've also mentored photographers all over the world. You know, a lot of them initially want help with taking their photography to the next level, you know, learning about lighting, learning about off-camera flash, all of those things. But eventually we get to that place where they do want to learn about the business side of photography. And it's so important to know that especially if you want to go full-time with it and really grow with it. Photography is, is pretty much 10% of what I do. Everything else is related to marketing, growing the business, calls, you know, relationships, all of those things. And so understanding the business side of photography is so important. So that's why I focused the last couple of years on learning about it. And I'm still learning about it all the time but really wanted to take that part of it to the next level so that I could leave the corporate world and pursue it full time. So a lot of what I teach students initially starts with photography, but then we do end up in a business discussion eventually. No. So when you run these courses, I know, so you do some of them online with people around the world, but you also do the face-to-face classes where you live and also in the US. Are they multi-day workshops? For right now, they're just one full-day workshop. 
again, I do it. We work in my studio where we're there for the morning and then the afternoon we're actually on location shooting. It's almost like a stylized shoot where, you know, I'll have some clients there that'll will act as models and, and we'll kind of take them through all of the techniques. But, you know, down the road, I'd love to get to the point where I am doing multi-day workshops. I think, you know, certainly album sales is something that a lot of photographers inquire about. And so I was thinking of having a full day dedicated to that. I've come up with a system in a way that I premiere albums to wedding clients and portrait clients that doesn't take a lot of time and where they're, they're making very few changes to their albums and buying right on the spot. And so that's something that I'd love to kind of craft into, into the workshops going forward. But it's a work in progress. I know that photographers would love to hear that. That is for sure. That would be a fantastic topic. The album sales, that's always a huge thing for wedding photographers. Yeah, and you, you should not have dropped that bomb at the end because <laughs> the listener is going to say, oh. you've <laughs> you got to get Sean yeah. back on. Can photographers, can listeners sign up for your email list to learn about this or should they go somewhere on your website to find out more? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a whole page dedicated to mentorship and workshops on my website. I do post about it on Instagram as well and on Facebook. So if you reach out to me there, I'd be happy to talk about it. Fantastic. Look, I'll add links to all those in the show notes that are going to accompany this audio. Okay. But for the Great. listener, if you want to jump over there now, it's seanleblancphotography.com forward slash learn. And Sean is S-E-A-N LeBlanc, L-E-B-L-A-N-C photography.com. So seanleblancphotography.com forward slash learn if you want to learn more from Sean. Sean, mate, you, you're amazing. And I talked you up so much at the beginning in regards to your work. I had a guess that you were good at business. Mate, you're an inspiration. You really are. And I know the listeners are going to absolutely love everything you had to share today. I want to say a massive thanks for being so open and sharing what you have. And mate, I can't wait to follow up and follow your success and your growth over the coming years. Thank you. Oh, you bet. You're very welcome, Andrew. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sean as much as I did. Sean, if you're listening again, mate, thank you so much for coming on, for being so open and sharing everything you did. I've said it earlier in the intro and I've said it during the interview as well that your work is absolutely fantastic. I've loved hearing about your growth and how you're going about it. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about you and what you're doing in the future. So again, mate, thank you so much. For you, the listener, I hope that's true and the same for you. Was there something that Sean shared that you thought, yes, absolutely, I will be implementing that into my business? Because if there is, I would love to hear about it. If you're a premium member, let's talk about it inside the members Facebook group. I'll be adding Sean to our group so you'll have access to him there and we can continue the conversation if you like. And of course, you can chase him up with any follow-up questions you might have. Maybe there's something I didn't ask that you wish that I did. You can put them to him inside the members group. And if you are listening to the free version of the podcast, of course, you can use the comments area if you have a follow-up question for Sean as well. You'll find them this week, the comments area in the show notes at photobizx.com forward slash 358. Now in those show notes, I've got links to anything and everything that Sean mentioned. I've got examples of his beautiful work. It's all there in the one spot, including links to the messages I'm going to share with you in just a minute. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich.
I've got a few things I would love to share with you before we close out today's episode. The first one is by a name that you should be familiar with if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, Alex Vita. He's the guy behind Foreground Web. He is my go-to guy for anything to do with websites. <laughs> and he's recorded a couple of super helpful interviews on user experience, website design in the podcast. So go and check those out if you haven't heard them. But what he's done is just released a blogging course for photographers. It's the complete blogging course for photographers, in fact. And if you've seen anything from Alex, you will know that this is incredibly detailed. It is full of useful information. It will get you set up and going with blogging, whether you've done it before or you're brand new to blogging. He's going to help you improve your SEO and get more inquiries through your blogging. He's going to help you with what to write about, how to create better copy and headlines, how to do a better job publishing and promoting your posts, and how to improve its readability. There is some solid, solid content here from Alex. I've had a look through the course. It is, like I said, it's incredibly detailed, super helpful. Everything from Alex is. If you'd like to check this out and learn more, head over to photobizx.com forward slash blogging. And I believe if you sign up now, there are a couple of bonuses included as well. So photobizx.com forward slash blogging for more details on that. Now, if you are a premium member, make sure you use the link inside your version of the show notes. And I'll include this in an email to you as well, because there's something special, something extra special for you as a premium member. So make sure you use the correct link if you're interested in signing up for Alex's blogging for photographers course. Don't forget, if you are a premium member on the $20 per month premium membership plan, I've still got that running special during the pandemic where you can sign up for a six-month membership for $60 and I'm going to refund your last $20 payment. So you're getting the next six-month membership for $40. Uh, This is also open to you if you are a free listener and you'd like to sign up for the premium membership for six months. You can do that for $60. That's half the regular cost of the membership. So photobizx.com forward slash SMS to take advantage of that deal. And you'll find links in the show notes as well. And lastly, today, I've been talking about the daily vlog challenge. Well, that's kicking off next week. So this is your last chance to get onto the wait list and get booked in for the challenge when it kicks off. To get more details about that, to sign up for the course, head over to photobizx.com forward slash challenge. And on that page, as soon as registrations open up, you're going to see testimonials, video testimonials from other group members that have been through the first challenge. I'm really excited to launch this one next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've already got some improvements that I'm making to the last version of the course, which I'm excited to introduce. And by the end of the challenge, you should be comfortable being yourself on video, know how to, and be 100% confident using video for your email replies to client inquiries, utilizing video on your website, using video for retargeting as part of your Facebook ads, and also creating video for your social media profiles to get in front of and attract your ideal clients. Now, we don't start off like that in the challenge. We start off with baby, baby steps and get you comfortable being yourself first, and we slowly work into those things. It's not scary at all. It's a lot of fun. In fact, I'm hearing from most members who went through the first challenge that they really are missing it already. And it's only just finished. So get on board. Come and join us in the next one, photobizx.com 
forward slash challenge for more details. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. A massive thanks again to Sean LeBlanc for sharing everything he did. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on what he shared and particularly if you're looking at attending expos to book portrait photography clients. Other than that, I hope you check out the blogging course with Alex. We get to see you inside the daily vlog challenge and you make use of that premium membership special as well. Lots happening. All right, have a fantastic week and I'll chat to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 